Welcome back to this edition of Around Town with Stark and Clark. We're in the studios today, and we've got a full house, Pim, because we've got our friends, actually neighbors in downtown Henderson, because uh, your offices are, what, just about two blocks down the, the street just from us? Just one block, one block just down a block down. down. And you've been in that location on Elm Street now for... Since 2016, years. we moved over there. They they built it and made it made it a nice place for us to move in there. Yeah, it used to be Matt's newsstand, and then it was a this and that kind of shop, like a I don't know, like a yard sale kind of place. And they remodeled it into two separate offices. Which is quite ironic, seeing that Pim Fister Clark is married to the former owner of Matt's News and Gifts. I did not know that. And uh, was the uh, proprietor there for uh, many, many years. Welcome in, and let's introduce you to our uh, two guests that we have with us, Mike side. That's Michelle Wilson, who is Executive Director of the agency that we're going to focus a spotlight on today, and it's Involvement, Inc. Is that yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. How are Good you? To meet you? Good to meet you. Thank Great you. to have you. Thank you so much. I know it's taken a little while to get us together because you've got a pretty full schedule. I'm I'm pretty busy, yes, sir. Spend a lot of time in our courts, I know. In court and Davis County and here, yes, sir. I'm back and forth and we're short staffed, so I'm even even busier now. The school's getting ready to start and it's gonna be even busier. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, yes, sir. Tell us who you brought with you today. I brought Allison Rust, who is a board member. Um, she's also a local attorney. Hi, Allison. My Hello. sidekick. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm great. It's great to see you again. You as well. We used to be um, hallway mates. Yes, we, we were. would pass each other there at the city center while I worked at the radio station. And you were on the top floor. You had the yes. pen, penthouse office. Still there. Still there. But a few changes, I think, since I've left 232nd Street. So on that first floor, there's been a lot of changes. Exactly. And, and for the better. So. Yes. I'm glad to see that. And Jimmy Phillips, I uh, didn't realize he had uh, left. He was our next door neighbor. He was. Finally decided to retire. He's still working, so, but he has definitely cut it back. He's, gonna, he's, mm-hmm. he's working on becoming a retired person. Well, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, <laughs> it, it's been great so far. But, and, but you can tell I'm not totally out of it. Just like Jimmy, I'm kind of right. doing some things on the side here. And this is one of the most favorite things to do is uh, the podcast with Pim. And we've, we're off to, to a running start, I'd say. And this is one of those examples where we often solicit topics. And I was actually talking to Angela Comer at the courthouse. Yeah. And she is the one who actually suggested we bring you folks in to let the public know more about Involvement Inc. It's an agency that has been around for 1978, almost 50 years. Wow, I did not realize it had been that long. Yeah. But it has gone through a lot of transformation, I think, in that time frame. And it's even different today than it was just a few years ago, would you say? I, I think that yes is the answer. We used to focus on second chances all the time. And I think my focus is redirection. I come from an environment where you give handouts to people who ask, but that doesn't help people. So I'm trying to redirect and show people that there is a different way. That's that's what my focus is. Trying to reach out and help more people too, not just focused on juveniles. We're, we're encompassing the whole community. Allison, how long have you been a board member? This go around, I've been on the board for a year. I was also previously on the board several years ago for about six years. So I had left and then I got invited to come back. So here I am. It's a an agency I, I think a lot of, and I am on board with Michelle and trying to reach out to even more people, not just people that are in trouble because they're in court, but also just to let the community know the 
the resources and things that we have available for them when they're not in trouble to hopefully prevent them from getting down that road. So a little bit more proactive. Yes. As opposed to being a, like you say, Michelle, reactive. Right. We want to be more proactive. I want involvement to be a resource to the parents in the community that they know they can bring their kids to me. No questions asked. It's funded by a grant. Bring your child to me and I will screen them. If you have a question, if you have a concern, bring them to me. I may not have all the answers, but I can tell you what the next step is. I can give you a referral to someone else. I can make sure that we we start there tackling the problem. I'm not sure that many parents out there realize that there are resources like this for them to turn to because oftentimes they just feel like they're lost and they're maybe afraid. If they say something, it could lead to possibly charges being filed, right? And or something else going on. They might be looked upon as being a bad parent. Absolutely. Is that right? Absolutely. And this is in collaboration with other agencies too, right? Absolutely. The school system, the Department of Family Services, the courts. It doesn't matter what program it is. If you feel like your child is off or you think that there's a question of drugs, bring them to me. No questions. Um, let's let's tackle the problem before we say, oh, this one's hooked on that. Let's tackle it before we even get to that. Let's figure out what the issue is, where they're getting it from. Let's do it together. Everything stays confidential? Yes, sir. I'm sure that's a big part and yes. always has been, I think, of yes, involvement. Sir. Is it just for youth or could it be for older well, youngsters uh, you in can, their you teens can come, and 20s? You can come and get a drug screen, but if it's if you're older than 18, then it you're, you're paying for it. And it's still, it's only $20 for the drug screen, which is very inexpensive compared to the, to the tri-state. But there are programs, there are grants available for the adults as well. Like if they're coming from the court or coming from DCBS, there is a grant that covers their drug screens as well. There are more resources for adults than there are for juveniles, but I think we need to dial it back and go back to, you know, no drugs in school. We did the D.A.R.E. program, things like that. You know, we may have laughed it off, but we knew that that was some serious stuff. We need to focus more on the kids that are impressionable because we need to be aware that I'm drug testing eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds in our school system that they're doing drugs, and parents are not aware of that, and parents need to be aware of that. It's starting in elementary school. It's even more important today because of the types of drugs that are out there. Wouldn't you agree? It's absolutely more important now because fentanyl is being introduced to everything. I can just see a little kid on the bus, you know, he gave me the pill. He took it and he died. You have no idea. They have no idea. We as parents have no idea. You can pick up money on the ground and has fentanyl on it. It's something that we have to retrain ourselves not to do. It's everywhere. And people are dying in our community. You know, young people are dying in our community. And the availability that it is to the kids in our community is disgusting. And we need to do something about it. Every community is faced with this. Yes. It used to be, we would think this would be more of a big city yeah. metropolitan type of issue, but it is now we everywhere. Had 12 deaths in the past year, just fentanyl related. And One it, recently. Exactly. A young father, 25 mm-hmm. years old. You know, we used to talk about the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Now it truly is. Well, we're not we're fighting the, the war. Yeah. We're, we're way behind in fighting the war. We're just trying to keep up with what's coming into our community and the testing for it and, and you know, the knowledge of it. In the past year, fentanyl has been crammed into our vocabulary, but we need more of an awareness as a parent or as, as people on the street. It's, it's a village. We're all a village taking care of these children. Then we need to come together and say, hey, let's do this. You know, we have to figure out 
not keep saying, what should we do? What should we do? We have to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really want to reach out to, especially parents, to say, whether you have a school-age child under 18 or a child that's coming from college and you think they're a little off, it's $20. Mm-hmm. And that test does include both fentanyl and alcohol. Yes. So you have all of your traditional drugs, cocaine, heroin, barbiturates, amphetamines, methamphetamine. I almost got them all. Benzos, I'm getting there. Yeah. All of those. But it does also include fentanyl and alcohol. And all you've got to do is you come in and say, I want to get my child tested or my friend or whoever you want. There may be a cost, but the maximum cost for that is $20. And if you've caught it at that point, then hopefully then that's a step towards addressing the issue. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't know where to go get those. So you have a lot of, I mean, I know I have a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old and parents that have said, where do you even get a drug test? Because they don't want to go on Amazon and order it. Is there an agency or something in the community that you can do that that is confidential, that you know that where the test came from, you know the person that's administering it? It allows, as a parent especially, you to go, there is a gentleman that works in the office as well, so they, either Michelle or one of the other females, take the females, he takes the males, so they're in there, it's not your parents looking over your shoulder, and then you take it from there. And then you have the resources mm-hmm. can hopefully get them into some kind of a treatment program. Mm-hmm. I can I can refer them to um, local programs that I know also to therapeutic entities that we all work with. I can do whatever I can and I can speak life into them. That's I mean, that's what generally when people come into my office, I try to speak my life into them. I have been on both sides of our programs. I came into involvement with a criminal background and not in studying a criminal background. I was a criminal. And when Mr. Bob hired me, Bob Mitchell, there wasn't a position for me. Genuinely, he created the position for me and he spoke life into me. The things that I did did not define me. The things that I did, I didn't have to keep telling people that I could just show people what I could do. And I have for the past 15 years worked for involvement and I genuinely know that I have saved someone's life. Every time I try to leave, God puts me back here because I'm not finished yet. There's more work that I have to do. And now having my own children in this community and now having my granddaughter, they're growing up here. This is where they want to be. So I have a responsibility to make sure it's a better place for them to live. So I want to reach out and be a resource to these people. I want them to know that they can come to me. I will give it to them. In the best way, I give it to them in love and I put my foot in their butt. I make them look in the mirror and face themselves, but I had to do that. And I know it works, so that's why I do it. I know it works. I'm living proof. I walk the walk. I I talk the talk. I show them that it can be done. I'm not better than anyone. I don't judge anyone. I try not to look at people's charges because I don't want to be judgmental. But it is what it is. You're a criminal. You come, talk to me. That doesn't mean that's not your definition. That's not who you are. Young people sometimes don't always make the right choices. We all make bad choices. Just some of us get caught. That's the other part. That's it. That's some of us get caught. That shouldn't then overshadow someone for the rest of their lives. Right. And at least give them a chance just like you were given a chance. Yes, sir. If I hadn't been given that chance, I wouldn't be where I am. I spent eight years in Judge McCollum's court reading the law book. I filed my own divorce. I've done my own expungement. I educated myself because if you're going to be in a position, you should know everything about it. And I've tried to learn everything about Kentucky law. And I help people with that. I can help people with their expungements. I can show them in in a direction that they need to go. Do you have resources for those parents that may need tips on how to communicate with their children? I can absolutely talk with the parents and, and help them 
with things that I know how to do, also have, there are different resources. There are parent meetings. There's groups that they can communicate with, but there's really not a lot of resources for us as parents to figure it out. We just need to know someone, I guess, and and to put this out here. Is that something we need to do a better job? I believe that we need to expose more of our resources so that people know where to go because things like this are hush hush it's a it's a stigma you don't want to be you know everybody's a drug addict oh gosh you're dirty nasty but the truth is it affects every single one of our families every single one of our families no one is immune from this at all and we need to have more resources available as long as there's resources available there has to be and there has to be an awareness of what's available and i think that's where we're losing there's not an awareness we focus on food and we focus on housing but these people need it because of these when we focus now you can go get free narcan once somebody's overdosed but people don't know where to go get a drug test before that right so once you're <coughs> overdosed here i might be able to save you if i actually know how to work the Narcan, but you're not exposing people and acknowledging that it's a problem before it gets to that point because people like to stick their head in the ground and say it couldn't be me, it couldn't be my kid, it couldn't be whatever. It could be anybody. Anybody could have picked something up at some point, and that's why it's addiction. It's very, especially some of these drugs are extremely addictive. Yeah, actually, all it takes is just once right. for yes. you to get hooked. Right. And so you're a kid, you're being a kid, and your friend hands you something, and then all of a sudden you're down this slippery slope, but you're afraid to go tell anyone because of as Michelle said, the stigma that goes with it. We want to try, and I don't know how that gets done, but to say, you're human just like we are. Everybody makes mistakes. And that's one part of it is to say there needs to be less stigma and then making sure there are more resources, especially for young people. I think it's really come to light how few places there are for youngsters to go. I know a number of parents who've already had to send their 14, 15 year olds to rehabilitation in another state because once again, you always think, oh, it's not me. Oh, it's not my kid. And then you kind of ignore it and nobody knows what to do. And then that parents in that place going, what, what do I do? And where do I go? And what resources are there available? And it's not a conversation that you usually have like you and I are not going to have a conversation about where where should we send our kid to drug rehab right in normal conversation so it's not an it's it's an awareness a lot of the education at least from what my children have said is people that go and they tell their story and they're like that's great I'm happy for that person but where I mean just putting stuff out there that you here's resources that are available before you become that person that's what kids don't know parents don't know so maybe if a child at the high school at the middle school now all the way back to the elementary school and college knew this is where I could go without having to tell my parents without having to tell somebody that I think is going to judge me I could go here and tell this person then and I could get help. And I think that's a lot of what the port, which is an, another resource that's out there now for, what is it, 15 to 22 year olds or something. They're trying to get those resources out there, but a lot of kids don't even know that exists. So just getting them to know that this, these resources are out there and you don't have to feel like you're the person living under the bridge shooting up heroin. It's not that anymore. No, it it's not. Is it? Sitting next to you somewhere. It can be your own child and you don't even know. And you need to look out for your friends as well. You feel like your friend's going down and you need to save them too. Reach out to them, bring them to me. I'll I'll do whatever I can to save them. Let me ask you this. Are you seeing more young people? Has the caseload gone up? Yes, there are more juveniles getting in trouble. There are also more juveniles using drugs. So we are seeing the numbers go up, yes. And, and they're getting younger and younger. Younger and younger. I think, what did you say? The eight. It's been eight. And that was a positive Positive. When I was growing up, the worst things were cocaine and 
you know, if you really wanted to go hardcore, it was heroin. Today, what we have are fentanyl laced and now laced with animal tranquilizers, which xylazine. even the Narcan cannot counteract. There's no there's no test yet for that either. Yeah. You need to be aware that it's across the bridge. It's here. It's a mecca for it. How can we get more public awareness? Well, I think that word of mouth is going to be our best option. We put it on Facebook. As soon as I did put it on Facebook, I did have a few parents that came right away. Some people that I wouldn't have ever guessed. So that's that's a good thing. There shouldn't be a stigma. It should be our parents protecting our children. And that's what I, I'm a parent. And it's my job to protect my children and everybody else's children in this community. If my child had an illness, right, you would take them to a doctor doctor right. someone certified that would know how to diagnose what their issue is right, right. and then we tried to get them well Right. And everybody in the community would be supporting you if it was something like this. Whereas this, it's very, very hush-hush. It's, oh, that's because they're a bad parent. They're a bad whatever. Rather than the village coming together to say, okay, let's all help this so that we can hopefully somehow stop it. Because, I mean, I know kids in middle school that their parents have caught them with buying actual fentanyl just pills. You know, that they found in somebody's parents' bathroom that, you know, that they just got access to. And it starts with they got it because it was a prescription. Yeah, they didn't realize it was fentanyl, but that's what it was. Right, exactly. And they're Mm -hmm. just taking that straight. And so then even when you get it laced with something, it's not having the same effect. Boy, and you think fentanyl for adults Mm -hmm. is bad enough. Right. And if they're taking adult strength something, not realizing it's adult strength fentanyl, that's deadly. You end up with, you're back to square one of, it just takes taking one one bad pill. Or I have a, a friend who's a police officer that says that, you know, whenever they're lacing it, you and I could both take the exact same thing from the exact same person. Have a different But rights. I'm going to die and you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Even though you just took fentanyl as well. So it could be how it affects you and both the there's, amount that's in it. There's too many variables. There's too many mm-hmm. variables to figure out. Just like with marijuana, it's too many variables. We have to figure out how to lock it up, how to make it unavailable, how to make sure that it's not in the hands of these kids. It's a, a multifaceted issue. So it's going to take a multifaceted response, not just law enforcement, not just the court system, not just the drug treatment centers or counselors, but again, our schools, homes, and our churches, and just everywhere else. Yes. I think we all have to be involved because it is affecting every single one of us. Employees that can't come to work, it affects every single one of us. And you don't think about it because Sally's got a drug problem. That's Sally's problem. But Sally's problem can't come to work. Right. So she affects all those people. She can't get her kids to school. So now you're in a court system because you can't get your kids to school. Now you've got DCBS involved in your right. life. Simple is, let's stop it before we have to get all this way. Plus, when they do take their kids to school, they're getting in the car. They're driving their kids to school while they're yeah. under the influence. So now they're putting their kids themselves and everyone else that's on the road at risk. It's criminal. Or they're leaving in the middle of the night and leaving their small children at home because they've got to go get their fix. See, I acknowledge that all of the agencies that we work with, we are all spread thin. I, I acknowledge that. We have a lack of, of employees. We have, we have a lack of support. We have a lack of access. I think that we all are stretched thin and we're all doing the best that we can, but we have to work together. I think that all of the agencies can work together and we can do something preventative. I know WARM is working on it, getting into the schools, making awareness. I want to be a part of that. Have more like a job fair. And they've got a face to put with those agencies. So that if then they're out and they know their friend is in trouble or they think they are, they can go, wait, that 
That girl came to my school. I remember her. She seemed pretty nice. I'll go talk to her rather than just not knowing what to do or just ignoring it. I think a good ending to this that there are success stories out there. You're an example. Absolutely. I, I tend to hire people that have uh, the same kind of story, that they have rebuilt their life, that they're walking the walk, that they can pour into other people. So if you know anybody, I'm hiring. I have parents coming and bringing their children to me to drug screen who were drug screening clients. So their success is my success. They got the message. They got it. And now they're bringing their child to me saying, now what do I do? And, and I tell them, you're going to get your licks. You have to accept that. But you have to do something now and be firm in what you say and, and show them. Keep showing them. You changed your life. Keep, you keep showing them. Because my mom prayed for me, and that's the only reason why I'm here. And that's the honest God's truth. Because I was not headed down the right way. She saved my life because I went to jail. And when I went to jail, I was there for a year. And the only thing I had to do was my look at myself. I had to fight for my kids. I fought for my life. And I fight every day to make it the right way. I'm not better than anybody. I'm not. But I love my job. And I love the people that I work with and I work for. And I just want it to be a better place for mm-hmm. me, for my kids, for all the people. You know, when, my, when my son was driving one time, he was speeding and somebody called me to tell me, hey, I saw your kid speeding. I want that kind of communication with other adults in this right. community that say, I think I, thought, I think I saw your kid smoking pot. Or I thought I saw your kid over someplace he shouldn't have been. That kind of communication is going to save somebody's life. And I genuinely believe that. And, and I think that that is our job is to save these kids' lives. And don't go gossip about it to somebody else. Oh, you know, so-and-so's kids doing this and that. Those parents may not know that. Right. Because kids are kids. Kids are trying to get away with it. So don't ever say, it's not my kid or it's not me, because it could easily could be. And if you know somebody else's kid that is, don't be the person that just goes to and tells everybody else. Go to that parent. Like Michelle just said, the person that called to say her son was speeding. Go to them and say, hey, I'm not trying to get in the middle of it, but you might want to think about this. They might get mad at you, whatever. If you end up saving that kid, Listen, if you if you meet one of these parents who their child died of fentanyl overdose, Uh they would gladly say to you that I would rather have you come to me and say, I saw your kid buying drugs, than I'm sorry your child is dead. Absolutely. So tell on them. Snitch. It's not about snitching. It's about saving somebody's life. Real quick. Involvement is located. 108 North Elm Street. And Um, the hours are? We are 8 to 4, Monday through Friday. Uh, We close every day from 12 to 1 for lunch. I'm available by phone, email. You can talk to me if you if you want to keep it in secret. I'm 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 all about that too. I just want to save your life. I think there are some after-hour numbers too, in case it's a, a dire emergency. I have an emergency number. It's two seven zero eight three one twenty nine forty nine. There's a voicemail, but it is checked, and I keep it for home incarceration. Yeah, there's always a there's always an emergency number. Well, before we sign off, I just want to say Angela Comer was also a board member for yes. several years, and she just recently rotated off. So we want to thank her for all of our service. Yes, thank you for your service. How many others are on the board? We have 16 total. It's, it's different agencies in the community all come together. And everybody serves at least a three, either three-year rotation or as how long you serve on the board. So if somebody would like to get involved, absolutely, you're probably always yourself. looking for... We're always looking for somebody. I mean, we do have a very eclectic group of people 
people that come from all different walks of life and different jobs and different everything. So we're trying to put all of that together to to reach out to people. Trying to get a, a nice group that relates to everyone. This has been fantastic. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. We'll have more great topics for you each Monday and Friday. They'll be posted to our website and also wherever you find your podcasts. Have an idea for our show? Email us at aroundtownwithstarkandclark at gmail.com and be sure to tell your friends. He's Stark. And she's Clark. And until next time, we'll We'll see see you around around town. town.